Hi everyone, I'm Jake Namsha, and you're listening to the Lamb Fam and Friends Podcast. Alright, we're back. Took a month off. Now we're two days back to back of podcasts with a day in between. So, who's here? Hello! We have Becca, Becca <laughs> and Ellie. And Ellie and myself. It is April 30th. Y'all, tomorrow's May 1. May you 1. said May 1 one more time. <laughs> May 1st. May 1st. I've been saying May 1 just because, I don't know, but we were we had some real high hopes for May 1, and then um, and then the governor uh, just decided to, uh, yeah, have y'all seen that meme where like the guy's playing Uno, and he's like got one card left, and he's about to say Uno, and there's a picture of the other person that's listed the government, and it has like draw four, draw four, draw four cards, just waiting to that hand out. Brutal. It is. It's brutal. Um but anyways, all right. So, how have you guys been handling quarantine? Rebecca and I have gotten a lot of quality time together. Yes, we have. Yeah. I've actually not hated it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, like I wish things were normal and I meant all the people being here and whatever. But it's been a blessing for me to get to spend time with people. I mean, like you know, I hate that Ellie didn't get to graduate, you know, in the manner that she thought she was going to. Right. But like it's been a blessing to get to spend a lot of time with her. And, yeah. You know, We've been able to like usually like we see each other all the time. We're here, but we don't really get to like talk a ton. Yeah, because you're either coaching or we're working out or something. So that's been really good. And then um, I've been able to read a lot. That's been really good. Yeah. What you reading? Right now I'm rereading a book, which soapbox for another day. Rereading a book is a very very underestimated. Agreed. I think that there's a lot of value in that. Um, but I'm rereading Today Matters by John Maxwell. Shocker. And I'm also reading Reflections on the Existence of God by Richard Simmons. Which you have not brought me that book which yet. Which I rummaged. My dad, if you listen to this, can say. He, we rummaged forever because we thought they were at the house, but they're at his office, so he's going to get them. Um, and I'll give it to you. And then what else am I reading? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All the NCLEX practice books, too. Oh, good. So good stuff. I'm reading some NCLEX books. I got this one, his John Maxwell's book, Good Leaders Ask Great Questions, at uh, Second and Charles, because they sell all their news books. It was a long time ago. I've had it for a while and haven't read it, but I think it was signed by him, but I'm not sure. It has like oh, a... Oh, for sure is. I had that when I went to his conference. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, that was a cool little find. Wow. Yeah. Bougie so, getting a hard copy. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was nine bucks. That's good. Yeah. And it was signed by him, so I was like, oh, well, that's... But I didn't realize it was signed by him until after I had left with it um but uh yeah quarantine's been yeah i just feel y'all i don't like not being able to wake up every day and like kind of decide what i want to do with the day just doesn't work out well for me like it really doesn't i'm sorry like if and that probably is bad on my part like you probably shouldn't have become your own boss if that doesn't work (laughs) because that's what i did but um it's just like normally i have things that like forced me to stay on routine and stay on schedule like coming up to the gym and getting the work done here that needs to be done and all that kind of stuff and now I don't have that and so now it's just kind of like I wake up and I'm like huh, I could go to the gym today <laughs> I could not um, and yeah so it's been it's been a little tough are y'all more productive in the morning oh yes, yes. Yeah. so like yes. forcing yourself to like do everything in the morning and setting a deadline I have like a two to three hour window in the morning where I'm like 
zoned in. Yeah. Yep. And the problem though is that after that, I have a real hard time getting anything done. Yeah. Of like quality work. Yeah. It's really hard for What's me. What's your to window? Uh, right now, like seven to ten. Yeah. Right is about perfect for me. Yeah. I've done the whole waking up at five a.m. and all that kind of stuff. Went like did that for years, and now it's really hard for me to go back to that. Yeah. So I just rather sleep. Um, yeah. What's yours? I mean, it depends on the day. Like, if I have something due, like, Sean wakes up at 5 a.m. every morning, so sometimes I'll wake up and then get some, like, stuff done in a two-hour window. But if I sit longer for, like, two, longer than two hours, I'm just not used to it. Yeah. I have to go break up my day somehow, like, work out and then come back. Right, yeah. Or get a whole new pot of coffee. Yeah. And then come back. Yeah. Yeah. But. What about you? Um, yeah, I'm probably somewhere in the 7 to 8 range. Yeah, right. It's gonna kill me when I have to wake up early again. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a rude awakening. Because you've gotten really used to getting. I mean, you were waking yeah. up at like four thirty every now. Yeah, yeah, you run on like no sleep. Well, now I'm getting too much sleep and just. <laughs> yeah, I think that may be my problem too. I think I may be getting not too much sleep in the sense of like I don't need it, but I think I'm just. Well, maybe so. I don't know. I feel like when I run off of like maybe seven hours of sleep. I actually do a lot better. Like, I'm more routine-focused. Mine is yeah. six hours. Yeah. And I know that's crazy. Like, I, I, there's so much research that says you should get eight hours of sleep a night. But, like, if I sleep for eight hours, I'm, like, exhausted all day. Yeah. Yeah. Six hours is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so what are some of the things, like, challenges and stuff like that that you guys have had to work through during the quarantine? Like, what are some things that just kind of come up that you're, like, trying to navigate through, trying to still kind of figure out, like like you said, you've been doing it now for six weeks. Everyone's in the same boat for the most part. Some people are going back to work, all that kind of stuff, being able to kind of get back into a somewhat routine. But a lot of people are still working from home, and it's just really different. So what are some of the biggest challenges maybe that you guys have faced in terms of, yeah, your whole entire kind of routine, especially Ellie with you with school and all that kind of stuff, Rebecca not being able to coach in person, all that kind of stuff. What has that been like? obviously this is what the whole podcast is about so we'll dive deeper into this but like it's been so hard to make myself like wake up and do something that I know I need to do but I'm like I have to do it tomorrow like no one knows I need to do this today right it's just me yeah. so yeah. like I can wait yeah. so it's been really hard to like make myself do the things that like nor- it's just little stuff like washing dishes <laughs> like normally I you know am on a re- where I, like when we're at work I'm like okay I have two hours at home I need to do laundry, I need to get dishes done, blah, 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 and then I'll go to work. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, okay, well, I'm home all day, so I'll just do it later. Yeah. And I'll just do it tomorrow. And then it just never gets done. Yeah. 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 That's how I am too. Yeah. 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 I would agree. That's probably one of the biggest things. Like, procrastinating has become a lot easier because yes. I do have a lot more time. And I also have time to do the things I said I didn't have time for before. Right. So, those things are really the easiest ones to procrastinate. But, um... Yeah, probably mine would be involving that and then also just being able to I sit down every morning and I plan out my day, but being able to like stick to it and yeah. sit down at the end of the night and like write down like I did do these things um, has been like challenging, but it's been good to actually have time to like focus on that and write out an intention for the day and know that time isn't going to be an issue. So really learning how to structure my day and if 
I say I'm gonna spend an hour doing something, then I really wanna get it done to be able to sit down at the end of the night and assess that I did it. Too. Right, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does, for sure. I mean, I think for me, one of the hardest things has been being um, at, me and Lauren both trying to work out, work more from home has been a challenge because yeah. like it's not, you don't have it like, yeah, we have a house and you know, there's a room upstairs and all that kind of stuff, but she's constantly getting on calls yeah. and it's like, okay, no noise needs to be made during that time. We have the dogs and all that kind of stuff. So I need to watch them while she's on a call and then I've got stuff I want to do, which if it's going to be watching like any kind of like informational video or anything like that, like, yeah, I can put in headphones and all that kind of stuff. It just gets cramped. It just yeah. gets kind of, um, and I feel bad for her because she hasn't been able to leave the house nearly as much as I have. Like, at yeah. least I can come up here if I need to and get stuff done or bring one of the dogs up here with me and work with her. She's kind of stuck there. And so that's been mm-hmm. hard. But I agree that just holding yourself accountable has become so important during this time. And it's just, yeah, if you don't do that well or you don't have systems in place to ensure that you do that well, mm-hmm. uh, you're you're going to struggle. Yeah. Right? And I definitely have. And like that's been that's been eye opening for me yeah. to be like, okay, you know, like I, I put <clears throat> in that blog post the other day, like if you were if you're struggling now with certain things like discipline and um, all that kind of stuff and motivation, like you were struggling with those things before, you just didn't know it. Yeah. Right? This has really just opened your eyes to it yeah. in a different way. And so it's a good chance to learn from that. And hopefully when you do have if you put systems and stuff like that in place now hold you accountable for that it's only going to make when things go back to normal even better mm-hmm. so yeah that's one thing i've been trying to rack my brain around all that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. but uh i sent out a survey to everyone at the gym and was basically just asking like okay what's the biggest struggle that all of you guys are going through right now with your health and your fitness during the quarantine and there were some like obviously people were saying, you know, I don't have the equipment that I need to be able to do all the stuff that I want to do. And like, that's understandable. We can't really help with that any more than we have. Like the gym was a ghost town with equipment for, that. I mean, it still is. So, but then the other one, like, and this was even more than those responses was, I'm just not motivated. Yeah. Like I'm not motivated. I don't have anyone there to push me. Like there's a reason why I do group classes in the first place. And it's because there are people there who are going to push me and who are going to hold me accountable. And now that's gone. So I'm still getting great workouts and all that kind of stuff, but I just find myself either not doing them or when I do them, I just kind of coast through them. I just kind of like real easy just to give myself a pass yeah. and just be like, oh, I'm just not going to go that hard today, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, want to talk a little bit. What up, Nikki Mayne? Uh, hey. Talk a little bit. A lot of people asked about mental toughness and all that. And so, We've already done a podcast on that, but we're going to do another one on it. So (laughs) let's talk about defining mental toughness. Ellie has asked to be exempt from this question. Time out. Can we just give Judd a shout out for the small novel that she wants Mm -hmm. us to write about (laughs) mental toughness? I love Judd. (laughs) Audio version. Judd basically gave us, I asked if she had a question, she gave us an outline for the podcast. (laughs) And I was like, here. I want you to spend 10 minutes on this topic and then five minutes on this one. Um, So talking about mental toughness, right? Let's just have a quick little chat about that. What, how do you guys define in your own words, mental toughness, 
right? And I don't really think that there, there is probably, let's, yeah, just don't worry about giving a right answer. Let's just hear what you guys first think of when it comes to your mind, right? How would you define it? Ellie doesn't want to talk. Um, okay. I'll say a short snippet. Okay. Oh, you want to? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay. Um, to me, it just means like being strong enough to do the things that you don't always want to do when you don't want to do them. A lot of, like, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, I mean, that's really like a very succinct way of saying like what I think of first, which is like, if you just think about the word like mental toughness, like you're being mentally tough in what way? I think being able to separate feelings, like you said, from what you know aligns with whatever you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Like whatever my goal is or my value, there's going to be times where external factors and my emotions get in the way of that. And being able to be a person who looks at the situation and can differentiate if your feelings are jeopardizing that or not, and then being able to say no to your feelings, I think is really mentally tough. Mm. Yeah. I like that, being able to say no to your feelings. I feel like that's a really important piece to it. Yeah, Yeah, without a doubt. Um, And I... (laughs) You know, I go back and forth on this. First, I think we have to kind of come at it from an angle of like, we all have presuppositions in our mind, like a bedwork or a groundwork through how we view what mental toughness is, right? Like we're all coming to it with this preconceived notion in our mind of like a mentally tough person is like, we put that on a pedestal is what I'm saying, right? Like we idolize people who we say are mentally tough, right? We all agree that that's a good trait that we should have and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I guess for me, I come through it, come to it, and what I, this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently. And I, I really want to, this is a problem with me being my own boss, is that I have like 10 projects at a time that like could be full-time projects and like I don't need to do them because I have enough on my plate already. But I love the thought of doing like a mental, um, a mental challenge, like mental strength challenge or mental toughness challenge or whatever it may be, right? Like a mindset challenge, like we do with the nutrition challenge. Like I would love to put together like a six week, you know, uh, mindset challenge for people at our gym to go through, but that would take a lot of work. But we could put together. Yeah. Um, but I come to it through, like when I think of mental toughness, I come to it from a biblical point of view and I see in Romans 12, 1 through 2, where Paul says, do not be transformed by the world, but instead renew your mind, right? Do not be transformed or conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal, the constant renewal of your mind. And that's how I see mental toughness. It's a mind that is conditioned to truth, right? It's a mindset that is constantly brought back to what is true and not to what is feeling or what is emotion. Our emotions are very, very important. They're powerful, and I think they're, they're gifts, okay, from the Lord that he's given us. But we cannot be ruled by our emotions. Our mind cannot be tossed to and fro and be conformed to the way of the world thinking about things, but instead it has to be transformed by the renewal of our mind through things like scripture, through things like preaching the word, through prayer, through all those kind of things. And, you know, for me, like, do you guys have a point in your time where you can look back and you can say, I was a lot mentally weaker then than I am now, yes. right? Like, yeah. do, y'all, do y'all, y'all, that resonates with you, yeah. right? 
So what is different though, when you look back on those times and you see like, there's a lot of mental weakness there, right? What's kind of changed and what is the journey that's kind of brought you to a point to where now none of us are perfect and I still have a long way to go in terms of developing mental toughness, but there's been progress, right? What has been some of the stimulus for that progress, right? What would you guys say have been some of the defining moments in your life that were like, that really changed my mindset on how I view challenge and how I view difficulty and how I push through things and how I approach things. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because for me it always boils down to perspective because a lot of times my situations aren't going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have, it'll be like recurring patterns of a similar situation with a similar theme, but the thing that changes is my view on it and my perspective. And that can sound very... Um, kind of just like woo-woo, like all of a sudden you're just being more positive. But really when I like look at it, I'm like, okay, throughout my life, the times where I've either like given up on mental toughness or just been like, okay, this is like too hard and I'm just going to kind of throw discipline to the wind. It's because the shift happens when my perspective changes and whether that's gratitude or whether that's um, just viewing my situation in a totally different light, like my eyes were on the results rather than, you know, just like daily, like you said, renewing of my mind, or just daily, like, taking my, whatever God gives me for that day, and doing everything I can to focus my efforts just on the moment, um, rather than getting too far ahead, whatever that may be, um, perspective for me is the biggest thing, in the, in terms of gratitude also, just recognizing, like, whatever the thing is that I'm trying to be mentally tough in, whether it's training, or, um, trying to just be on top of my diet and nutrition, when I get so bogged down in the result, whether that's like having abs like Rebecca or something <laughs> like that's so resorbent, <laughs> something that's so result focused, then I've realized that I'll get maybe about a week on that motivation and then it completely falls off because um, it's just not enough to hold me um, to that mental toughness. And then once I start realizing like, okay, it's I'm grateful that I just have a body that can come in here and work out. And, like, I'm grateful that I'm able just to even, like, live a life of health or whatever that may look like. And I'm grateful I have food on the table. I know this sounds super crazy, but that holds me so much longer into the process. Um, and then the results will come rather than being super results-focused. So just changing my perspective really helps. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. 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 Um, I think for me, like, yeah, I guess my mindset has just shifted a lot as I've, like, grown up, which I know everybody, mm-hmm. like, probably would say the same thing, but, um, like, when you're in high school and you're college, in, or in college, it's a lot easier to blame other people for things that are mm-hmm. maybe not going wrong, because you're like, oh, yeah. it's my mom's fault, because X, Y, Z, um, but now that I've grown up, and I'm, well, I haven't grown up, now that I am growing up, <laughs> <laughs> You know, like becoming more independent. Rebecca like, still needs to get a car tag for her car that's been <laughs> that she's had for I five months. For you with my hand. Okay, yeah. perfect. I did that. I'm like, um, but now that I'm, you know, on my own and I'm more independent and everything, I've just kind of really just in the last couple of years, like it started to really sink in that like things that don't go well in my life, there's nobody else to blame mm-hmm. except for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always things that I can control, but just like Ellie said, like I can control how I respond to things. Um, and so I feel like that's kind of where my biggest like mindset shift has happened. Yeah. yeah. Those are all really, really good points. Um, 
Yeah, I think for me, like I, I go back and I think about in high school, I had a wrestling coach in high school that constantly tried to pound into us this idea of mental toughness. And like looking back on it, his the what he was trying to get across, he was really good. Like it was really beneficial. But he always tried to tie performance to people who are mentally tough. So in other words, that if you lost, it was because you were mentally weak, right? And for me, being an average athlete, I lost a lot, right? And so having that kind of reinforced into me that you're losing because you're mentally weak, not because you're not because maybe you just got into the sport 10 years later than everyone else that you're competing against. Like I look back on that and that really did a number on me in a negative way. Mm. And I look back and I do see a lot of myself wanting to, and, and what I just said, I'm not blaming the coach for that. Like it was how I responded and how I interpreted what he was saying, but I wanted someone to blame for that, yeah. right? Like I wanted someone to point to and be like, you didn't coach me well enough. Or, you know, I was given a short stick in this amount of time and without and wasn't able to be as good as I could have because of someone else's fault. Mm -hmm. Right. And for me, I did not come into understanding what mental toughness was. This is going to sound absolutely bizarre to a lot of people. okay? but it was not until I became saved that my mindset completely switched around how I view difficulty and how I view challenges in my life. And the reason was because before I would tie my personal value to my performance and things. And for me, it was sports. That's how I found value in who I was. So when I lost in sports or I was not good or I was not the best, that immediately said something about who I was as a person, right? Like that's how I interpreted that. And that's like, that's devastating mm -hmm. because you're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes and there's, always going to be someone that's better than you at something and it was not until I became saved that at that point in time I realized that who I was was completely secure right where it was like I don't have to try to be anything that I'm not I don't have to prove anything to anyone like my identity I know exactly who I am I know exactly who the Lord has called me to be and it's final like, I don't have to earn anything the rest of my life. And as soon as that happened, I was a completely different person in the way that I approached my entire life, right? As soon as that happened, it freed me up to go and embrace challenge. It freed me up to go and embrace situations that were going to cause me to put me in a situation where I was probably going to fail, yeah. right? But it allowed me to embrace that. And when that happened, to be able to look and be like, I'm going to be better from this. Yeah. I want more of this. I want to continue to go after things that are hard because I can. Like, I have full freedom to do that. And um, that was, for me, the biggest shift that has ever happened, obviously, in my life was that. And once that happened, it was like, okay, let's get after it. Yeah. Like, let's go. Can I make a short comment on Yeah. It's going to be a little uncomfortable for you for a second because I'm going to brag on you. But you'll be okay. Um, but just a quick little snippet. We had a SMAP meeting a few weeks ago. And um, what you're saying is just reminding me of the way that you and uh, Nick and all the other coaches were talking to us about the way that Landon is going to be run in the way that our like goal is tied to something bigger than ourselves. Like the purpose that of Landon in general is beyond like 
a paycheck for everyone or whatever it may be. Like it's tied to being the best we can be at relationships and helping people improve their lives. And when you're tied to a vision that is bigger than yourself, it is exactly what you said. Like it liberates you and it frees you from the fear of failure so that all of that energy can be focused on the thing that you're trying to accomplish, which is removed from yourself. And so then it's like everything's just focused on your vision. And I don't know. I just think that that's so powerful in the way like self-discipline for myself is going to fail at a certain point in time. But when it relies on other people's well-being, then I'm much more likely yeah. to be self-disciplined. And like as for us as coaches in a place of like, I don't want to say like leader, whatever it may be, like we kind of do need to set a good standard of health and fitness. And if I show up and I weigh 400 pounds as a coach, like it's just not a good reflection. And if I'm knowing that as a coach, like I need to take care of my own health and I need to make good decisions and I need to show up and be consistent and work out because it influences everyone else in the gym, then I'm much more likely to stick to that, if that makes sense. So for me, I just think it's really cool that, you know, the way you run the business is the same way that you do mental toughness. And um, it's just been cool to see all of that intertwine and connect. Yeah. And that comes down to a good point about motivation because funny story one time, so Ellie has a problem sometimes with doing her workouts. Um, I'm putting I'm putting her on blast. Right now. We all we all but, but right now right now we all do. Okay? Right now we all do. But so this was when I first started coaching Ellie, and I was trying to find ways to motivate her to stay on track with her programming. I was like, okay, if I just tell her like. I can't punish her with extra work because she thrives off that, right? Like, and it's not really punishment for her. She'll just do, like, I, if I were like, hey, Ellie, every day you don't do your programming, you miss a piece, you're going to have to do 500 burpees. She'd do the 500 burpees just to do them and be happy about it and then <laughs> miss the rest. Work. Yeah, and then miss all the other stuff that she needed to work on. So I was like, Ellie, here's what we're going to do. I've matured since <laughs> She has. She's actually done a very, very good job. Um, so, but then I was like, okay, I've got to find a way to motivate her. And I, the only way I could figure out how to do it was like, it has to be a punishment for someone else. Like if I, if she knows that someone else is going to suffer because she doesn't do her work, she'll do it. And I told, what, what did I say? You did texted I, me a video of Lauren. No, 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 no. You said, if you miss your workout, I'm going to make Lauren do a 400 meter sandbag carry. And I really didn't believe you. And the first day I missed a workout, I get a video of, but that got the point across it, it was like okay all right i i gotta do this because other people are looking to me to make sure that i get this <laughs> done you that's why she doesn't want to do a team and lauren did yeah. not agree to this so i was also like what marital But, um, but that's a great point about like when people think about being disciplined for the sake of other people, right? I think we just have a negative view and you know, we can talk about discipline more and I know that's something, um, y'all wanted to talk about, but I think a lot of people view discipline as being very restrictive, right? In other words, like discipline means putting myself in this box and like, I can't get outside of this box, but in reality, you know, Jocko Willink has a book that I've been wanting to read. It's called Discipline is Freedom, mm -hmm. right? 
And it talks about how, I believe it talks about, if it doesn't, this is my own point of view on it, that when you're actually disciplined and you're able to rein in your emotions and you're able to actually make decisions that you want to make and that can be controlled and that can be focused and harnessed, that is freedom. Because what you're actually doing is you're actually saying no to all these other things. Like you're having the strength to say, I'm not going to, you know, have the ice cream tonight. Not because I can't, I can, but because I have the freedom to say no, right? I have the discipline, I have the, the chance, the opportunity to say no so that I can say yes to something else, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that is really how I think a lot of people need to change their mindset on discipline. They need to see it as giving them more freedom to yeah. do things, right? As opposed to restricting them from doing things. That's a great point. Have you ever had that thought of like, if we lived in a utopian society where everything was perfect and we ate perfect all the time and like, you know, everyone, everything was perfect. That's in, like, I think about that. And I'm like, that's not freedom. It's exactly what you're saying. It's like, you can't be proud of any work you put in because right. everyone's doing it yeah. Yeah. and because everyone's the same and it's not hard work because it's just how life is. You yeah. Know? And so I think when I think about that, it helps me think about that concept of discipline and freedom. Like we have the mm-hmm. choice to do things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk, uh, moving on to Judd's next point on her outline. Let's talk about <laughs> <laughs> the root of mental toughness, right? So like, where does it come from? I think we've already touched on that a little bit in terms of like where it comes from, but why do we see some people that have it, right? And then others that we say do not, right? Or we even look in our own lives and we say, I have this mental toughness in this area, but I don't have it in this area, Mm -hmm. right? And I guess what I'm getting at is, do you think mental toughness can be cultivated, right? Or is it something that a certain, you know, elite set of people are born with and others are just not? Can we, okay, first, can we talk about what the difference is between mental toughness and discipline? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like, disciplined in certain I don't really consider myself like mentally tough but I think I'm disciplined in some aspects of my life that's a really good point you know yeah, what, I mean? like, mm-hmm. what do you think the difference is sorry I put you on the spot I don't I don't know how to like define it without okay without using an example so like the other day when we interviewed Colty we were like how do you come in you know to the gym on days that you don't want to come in and he was like well I mean, it's a habit. Like, I, I always want to come in. Now when I don't come in, I feel weird, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, first, you have to form a habit. And then you being able to continue to carry out that habit is now a discipline, right? Mm. Yeah. But, like, then being able to come in, let's just use fitness as our analogy. So, like, we've created the habit and we're disciplined, so we come into the gym every day. But then being able to come into the gym and give 100% every single day that is mental toughness mm-hmm. to me. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah. yeah. No, it does. I, I see what you're driving at. Very, yeah. I mean, it, it, no, it, no, 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 it makes sense. And it brings up a lot of good questions. I don't. Um, okay. So let's take that habit again and run through it one more time. So we've got a habit. Let's say that habit is we want to get into the gym five days a week, right? We develop that habit. And then over the course of, let's say six months, it becomes a routine it becomes a discipline, right? It becomes something that is ingrained to our way of life, right? And then 
in my opinion, I would already say that right there, that is an example of mental toughness because you've gone through the steps of putting the habit in place and then making that habit a discipline that's a daily part of your life, right? When it comes down to effort, right? Like, I think that, is that what you're kind of getting? Like, effort that we put into the work that we do, right? And the habits and the disciplines that we've cultivated, right? I don't know. You take it from there. (laughs) Teed me up. Um, I had multiple thoughts on that as you were talking, but um, I asked Colby this actually the other day because I looked at his A through Z um, <laughs> board, and I was like, so when you get to, like, S, are you, like, still – how are you able to, like, do all this and, like, give 100% basically? And um, he didn't necessarily say this, but I forgot exactly what he said, but what he said provoked this thought basically. He was talking about how, like, he'll get to something at the very end and – whatever 100% of what he has left is what he gives. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I always view things as like my best effort, um, like my best effort all the time, like everything that I have. Yes, and it's like anything less than that doesn't suffice. But the gist of what I basically got from what he was saying is like there's a value in just showing up. Mm -hmm. And I think people forget that so many times. It's like if I can't do this exact workout in this – general time domain or whatever it may be then it was kind of all a wash when I think if we're able to change our perspective like sometimes like just getting the work in because it cultivates discipline in and of itself is great if that makes sense so like maybe by the time he gets to his H or whatever it is he's still showing up and he's still doing it but it may not look like what A and B look like right Um, but he's giving all that he has left to it so that's kind of something that I think about Um, and there's something else that you said that provoked a thought um, mm. But I like that. I like that. I really think that's a good way of thinking about it is that giving mental toughness is committing to giving everything that you have when you have it, mm-hmm. right? It's not about when we think about doing things with excellence and with, you know, the best of our ability. Mental toughness is not being able to tap into our full capacity and potential when we're fresh right it's being able to tap into that no matter whether we're fresh or whether we feel 80 percent if we feel 80 percent of full capacity we're going to give all 80 percent of that full capacity Mm -hmm. right we're not going to settle for just going through the motions Mm -hmm. it may not look like a and b when we get to x y and z but it's still going to be everything that we've got yeah and i think that example of lauren when she was on the podcast when she talked about some days when she's exhausted a lot of her mental energy and physical energy at work, but she still just shows up to the gym and just puts in work, whatever it looks like. Mm -hmm. I think that that's also the same concept. Yeah. You know, we have to know that there's ebbs and flows of life and we have a finite amount of energy. And some days we're gonna be at the tail end of it, but you know, mental toughness is still putting in the work even when you don't really have it. Yeah, still showing up. Yeah, still showing up. Yeah, that's good. So to like tie this into people working out at home, would you, so you think that like people who are not feeling motivated, don't want to work out, but they go out into their garage and they're like, well, at least I did something. If that is, if they're using that as a cop out, mm-hmm. are they mentally weak? That's, a, that's brutal. That's brutal. I, I think in that moment, they're allowing their emotions to overrule what it is that they truly want and what they truly have said that they 
want to do. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean they're mentally weak. It just means that they're having a moment there where they're giving in to what their emotions are telling them and they need to work more on reframing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And what I think that comes down to a huge, huge part of that is exactly what Ellie said earlier, which is about gratitude. Right. I think gratitude plays a huge role in being able to motivate us. Right. To do everything we can with what we have. And what, and you know, this goes back to like the parable of the talents that we, uh, we did a staff meeting and we talked about that. Um, and just <clears throat> not looking at what other people have, looking at what the Lord has given to us and then making sure that we are being faithful over the, what the Lord has given us and saying, I don't even like, this isn't even mine. Like this body isn't mine, this physical ability that I have isn't even mine, but I get to use it today, right? And I don't have to worry about what other people are doing with what the Lord's given them. I just can do, I'm freed up to do what I want to do with what the Lord has given me, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I think for people who are struggling right now at home with motivation and discipline, like, show up. And when you show up, right, give whatever you have to give for that day. And then, you know what that may be? That may be a 30-minute walk. Mm -hmm. Like, it really might be that. And you know what? You showed up. Right, like you are cultivating that habit and that discipline of being the person who never misses, mm -hmm. and um, you know there's a fine line there I think as well. Like because I'm the kind of person I'll give myself a lot more outs mm -hmm. than yeah. I should. Oh, I do. That's why I yeah. ask that question. Yeah, I know I do that. Like yeah. I'll give myself outs where I come into the gym, and it's not that I don't have the ability to go hard and do more. It's that I just don't want to. Yeah. But I'll give myself out and be like, well, I'll just do something. But I'm not, in my opinion, that's an area of mental weakness of mine. Yeah. Where it's like, no, my body has more to give. Yeah. It's whether or not my mind is willing to accept that and willing to continue to push through. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be the devil's advocate a little bit, like I was reading an article the other day about um, just being able to recognize the fact that we're human. They worded this a lot more eloquently. But, um, so like in our culture, we have two extremes of the David Goggins, like I'm the hardest man in the yeah. world. And then like the people that find every way to justify their laziness and make it look glamorous and mm -hmm. make it look amazing. Um, I could give examples, but I don't want to offend anyone. Um, <laughs> 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 you know, like, okay. But like, you know, when people are like really overweight and they're like glorifying, you know, yeah, the way yeah, that yeah. they can walk around in certain yeah. clothes and it's like, it's, you know, it's like, okay, there's two extremes there. And I think finding a balance and being able to recognize our humanity and like Jake was saying and um, James Clear says this too in his book, like don't be a person that misses twice. Yeah. Like give yourself grace when you miss once, but then the next day like get back on it and whatever that may look like, show up again. Um, and then that way you know you give yourself grace for human error and human just humanity, but then knowing like I'm not going to let it become a habit or a cycle. Right. I would agree. That's good. Um, and I think one way, like, okay, so how do, you know, if I'm the kind of person that will give myself more grace probably than I should, mm -hmm. right? Like, I'll justify things. I'm really good at that in my mind. Yeah. Of justifying in my mind being like, you know what? I had a hard day at work. Like, I ran an eight-hour staff meeting today. <laughs> I don't need to work out. Like, that that just drained me. I don't have anything left. It, like, I, I get in those habits, and that's the biggest thing that I have to work on is my self-talk doing that. Yeah. But it's also working on what kind of things can people put in place to prevent that 
from happening, right? Like what other kind of habits and things can you do to essentially not give yourself the choice to go down that road? Yeah. First thing that pops into my mind is really very similar to what Alex's question was, so we can get oh, yeah, on that later. That, yeah. But my one of my biggest weaknesses is like, I have a million weaknesses, but something that I've like been really seen evident come out through CrossFit especially is just the fear of like failing in front of other people. Yep. And when I give myself an out, or basically like you're saying, trying to justify maybe not doing something after a long day or something like that, I realize it's usually strongly tied to failing mm-hmm. and feeling like I have to justify that I just did all of this work and if someone else sees me go really slow in a workout, I have to say, this is all the stuff I did today and this is why I have mm-hmm. no energy and why I'm failing. When in reality, if I can just be a person who value, doesn't place so much stake on the way other people might perceive me, but just know that I'm giving what I have and being okay to fail, essentially, and view failure as something like failing forward, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, um, then I feel like I could show up to a workout knowing I don't have a lot to give. And if I fail and have to stop in the middle of the workout, or even just not do everything that I might have had written or planned for the day, the fact that I still gave it my best attempt is enough for me to go home at night and be like, okay, like I might not have finished, but I did better than just leaving and justifying it and being so afraid that I would fail that I didn't do it at all. Yeah. If that makes any sense. But that's one of my biggest weaknesses that I've had to target. Yep. Yeah, I totally get that. I feel like too, um, we probably put a lot of pressure on ourselves. I know I do. Because we work in this profession. So I feel like which like I know that everybody listening to this podcast would like say that this is not the case, but I feel a lot of pressure on myself to be like I need to be the best person in the gym right now because yeah. if I'm not, all these people aren't gonna look up to me and respect me as a coach. Yes. Um, and that's just not the case. Like, uh, I know I, it, it would be a little different for Alex because she's not a coach, but like, just little things like you know, at the end of the day, all these people are still gonna love me even if I'm not the best person in the gym at CrossFit. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's like what they were saying earlier. You just can't let it define you. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, and in terms of like, <clears throat> yeah, let's just, so how can, what are some practical ways that you guys have found to be able to cultivate mental toughness in your own life, right? Like for for me, cultivating mental toughness, motivation, discipline, because all these things are intertwined. And Kevin, you asked that question um, about how all these things are kind of intertwined with one another, and they, they are. But what are, yeah, just some practical ways that you guys have found to promote, to, I guess, uh, fertilize, there we go, <laughs> mental, <laughs> mental, mental toughness. Fertilize. In, <laughs> in, in, in your own life. I think for me, it really does come down to, I'm, I used to think that like real practical examples in scripture were just not I don't know I used to just kind of like gloss over them and just kind of be like ah I don't know about that but the more I go back and look like I'm becoming even more and more convicted of the fact that I am a forgetful person I forget yeah exactly I and and not just forgetful about like tasks and things like that but I am forgetful about who I am 
I am forgetful about what it is that I said I wanted to accomplish and what it is that I truly want to do. And I am finding more and more of the value and the importance in constantly reminding and putting things in place that force me to come face to face with what it is I set out to do, Mm -hmm. right? So for me, that means every morning having, I have just a a page document on my computer because I know I'm on my computer every morning after I finish, you know, time in the Word or whatever it may be that reminds me these were my goals for this entire year, right? These are my goals for this month. These are my goals for this week, right? Like that's how I look at it. It just goes year, month, week. And I look at those things and in there I have written why I want to accomplish those things. And I remind myself of that every single day. And that has been one of the most, I think, just practical ways that just constantly keeps me on track. I know a lot of people like to, you know, make vision boards and whatever, and that's fun at the time, but then, like, how many times in a day do you, like, stop and really look at your vision board and think about, like, why you made it or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. the example may be. Um, But so, like, for me personally, um, I, I don't even know if I've ever even said it out loud, but, like, Jake is the only person that knows, like, what my competitive aspirations are, and, like, even just as we're talking about this right now, like I know that the reason I've never talked about it is because then if I don't meet those goals, I don't have to explain myself to anybody. Yeah. Like I don't have to be like, well, I didn't make it to a sanctional because X, Y, and Z. If I just don't tell anybody, then it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Just um, so yeah, so I, you need to pick somebody that you can, um, you know, really open up to and talk about what your goals are. And then that person needs to hold you accountable. Yep. I think mine is similar to both of theirs, but I've found a lot of value in, I use a goal journal every morning, and I found value in rewriting the same exact goal mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah. Um, because I have had to fail a million times in goals and different strategies and methods to finally figure out something that's at least working for me right now. And I used to have it posted um, right next to my bed and on my mirror, and I would have my core values for my life written down and then the ways I want to carry that out and I would just stop looking at it you know over a certain point in time um kind of like willful blindness if I didn't Mm -hmm. see it I didn't really have to live it out that day but writing it down in the morning every day forces me like you said Jake to look at it square in the face and be like okay like I wrote it down and then I have to write after that three ways that I'm going to live that out and something that really I found a lot of value in that because I got today, I think it was 13, and I completely changed my goal after I wrote it down 13 times, and I was doing great with it. I honestly, to be honest, I hadn't failed yet in that specific goal, and I sat down and had a real face-to-face moment where I'm like, I'm doing great with this, but this isn't really what I want out of my life. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think in the past, that's been the common denominator with where I've failed with mental toughness in certain intentions that I have it's really just it's something that sounds great and something that I would love to have but I don't really want it bad enough 
And I think having to self-assess that way every morning has really forced me to be like, is this a goal I really want? Yeah. Um, and I completely, to be honest, like the goal I was writing down was a performance goal and it was a snatch weight and it was a clean and jerk weight. And I haven't missed a workout since I started that goal. And li- literally it was yesterday morning that I was writing it down again. And I'm like, this has been the entirety of my day for the past two weeks in my sole focus. And I feel like the Lord has totally convicted me. Like I've lost sight of what I want mm. my goal and my life to be right now. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with having that as a goal, but I completely change it. And I flipped the script to like, okay, I want to live out this day and truly be like a type of person that points other people to Christ. And how am I going to do that? And I wrote it down again. And then in the same breath, I was able to say like, I'm going to be someone who takes care of my body and works out. Yep. And then I also get in that other micro goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's a really long way to answer that, but it's been really cool to have to write it down every morning. So I would recommend getting a goal journal if you don't have one. Um, and it makes you write a gratitude at the top too. Um, John Dumas wrote the one that I mm. have and Jake has it too. It's the hundred day goal journal. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would look into that. Yeah. And there's a lot of them out there, but I would definitely say just time for personal reflection in general. Like how many people just don't sit down and reflect on who they are every day or what they've done that day. Right. Like, you don't do that and I, I'm as guilty of it as anyone but that's when the days for me start to pass really by really fast and I start to realize that I'm not getting a lot done right I'm not getting a lot done that I say I want to get done um, yeah remind yourself of it and whatever that looks like tell someone else that this is what you want to do and then if you can like find ways to make it absolutely impossible for you to go off track unless you come to a realization that it's something that you don't want to do right but if it's something that you want to do put things like if you want to get in debt go and cut up your credit card so that you can never use it like if you want to yeah sorry get out of debt (laughs) i can teach you how to get in debt (laughs) but it's just uh we're not in debt it's yeah, but like do things that just make it extremely difficult for you to ever give yourself an out, mm-hmm. right? Like if you can find a way to do that, that right there, just not give yourself the option, remove it completely, the temptation to ever go off track, yeah. right? That's a huge way to do that. And that can be applied in a ton of different ways in everyone's life. I can't go through them, but yeah, try to brainstorm about it, ask questions, get to the bottom of it and figure out how you can make it impossible to fall off. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so those are some, some ways to, to cultivate those kind of things, I think, that are, are really helpful. Um, how to kill mental toughness, right? Who wrote that question? Judd. What does that mean? How to, uh, what was her exact, contra, <laughs> she, she, her a- actual word was contraindications to mental toughness. Judd, what? Yeah, exactly. So. Plato in here. But what are some, this was actually, this was actually uh, really thought-provoking for me when it was like, okay, what are some ways, like, what are, like, I was looking back and trying to think about times in my life where I was mentally weak, or not mentally, yeah, mentally weak, but also, like, not disciplined, not motivated, all those kind of things, and I looked back and I realized that I'm most mentally weak, I'm most undisciplined, and I'm most unmotivated when I'm comfortable. Yeah. When I am comfortable, Okay, that is when it is so easy for me just to take a back seat. Like when I get comfortable financially, when I get comfortable fitness wise, when I get any of that kind of stuff, 
right? And it's so easy for me to be like, or even weight-wise, when I get comfortable with a weight that I'm at, right, it's easy for me to be like, oh, I don't have to worry about it now, right? I saw this this morning, and I was going to send it to you guys. It's a little meme thing, and it says, you cannot be committed to your dream and your comfort zone. Oh, I don't like the word dream, but yeah, right. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, I've just, I've, I've really thought about that, and I think the one way to, to, go deeper into it is think the moment that you find yourself getting comfortable that's when you need to step on the gas pedal even harder yeah like the moment you feel that comfort start to creep creep in that's when you double down on what it says that you were going to do and you you get to it and you don't let anything come in the way of it um and i don't know do y'all agree with this statement i i I have my own opinion on it but do y'all think comfort is an illusion hmm what do you mean like, I really think exactly what you're saying, that comfort is an illusion because we're able to not face the things that are uncomfortable and we're only looking at our current, like, what might be going really, really well. You could be really comfortable in your weight, but drowning in debt and just not look at it and think you're really comfortable, mm-hmm. so, which is technically an illusion. But may, I don't think I'm doing a good job of explaining it. But no, I think comfort is an illusion in the sense that it can change like that. Yes. So, like, you feel like you're really far removed from what could be catastrophic. Right. Exactly. And you're only in, like, a moment. Yeah. And if anything, this pandemic has taught that. Exactly. Like, yeah. your comfort that you had, like, maybe it was financial comfort or whatever that you had, that was an illusion. Because all it took was one thing to happen, and it was gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so, yeah, I think illusion is kind of open to interpretation there in mm-hmm. terms of what that actually means, right? Because yeah. you really do feel comfortable in the moment. Like that feeling of comfort, I don't know, is an illusion, but the reality that it's providing that comfort definitely could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do y'all have any other ways of like things that you find that like really put a damper on your mental toughness or your discipline or your motivation? Yeah. I, li- I really like this question. Good job, Judd. Yeah, yeah. Good. good work. Um, all right, so. Comparison. Oh, comparison. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's Rebecca's favorite saying, comparison <laughs> is a thief of joy. <laughs> I don't actually even notice it. And to come full circle with our conversation, I think gratitude, like we've been talking about the whole time, is the, the antidote to that. Like it really is the thing that when you're able to just look at yourself and not compare to anyone else, then you're able to – I think commit to your mental toughness and have that joy. But anytime, the second I look at someone else, I always feel like I'm not doing enough. Hmm. And that, I think that ties back into Alex's question too. Yeah. Like it's really easy for me to like look at Ellie and say, well, I'm not fit. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but there's like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I've been amening everything you say. And I'm like, crap. Um, But in reality, like, there's a lot of things that Ellie's good at that I'm not good at, but there's a lot of things that I'm good at that she's not good at. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing, like, <laughs> like even if, you know, fitness isn't your goal or whatever, like, for Alex, like, there's a lot of things that Alex is good at that I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's no point in, it, it's not apples to apples, yeah. so it's no point in trying to make it be. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's helped me the most of that is being able to celebrate other people's successes, because mm-hmm. I get so depleted when I start thinking success other people's success detracts from my own. Right. Um, like if I see you're Ashley snatching twice what I back squat, then 
sometimes, like, I'll, if I'm being honest, sometimes, like, jealousy does yeah. get evoked in me yeah. a lot. And then yeah. it makes me start, like, having these just like my mental toughness just completely falls apart when it's like but when I can celebrate people and their successes it motivates me like crazy to go light a fire under my own butt yeah. when I can be happy for other people and understand that we're all a cohesive unit that mo- everyone has different skill sets that can um, motivate other people to be better in an area that they might be lacking so yeah yeah I think com- comparison is huge because that comes down to two factors of motivation when we're talking about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, right? Like extrinsic motivation is like, oh, I'm motivated to to look a certain way because I see a model in a magazine or whatever it is and they look that way and I want to look that way. That's an extrinsic source of motivation, Mm -hmm. right? Intrinsic motivation is something that we find within ourselves that we can, like we talked about earlier, go home and say we gave 100% of everything we had, right? Like, and if that's your, what motivates you, like if what motivates you is I want to give everything I have to whatever is set before me, right? Because that's who I am. That's what gives me joy. That's what gives me happiness. That's an intrinsic motivation. And that intrinsic motivation does not waver, yeah. right? That extrinsic motivation is just something that is a constantly a moving target. Because you look at that person in the magazine, you may look at someone in another magazine, you know, two months down the road and think something completely different. You have to come to terms with what it is that you want and that you want to be and then harness that motivation that you get from that into your actions. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think we've already talked about just kind of methods of mental training and, or well, yeah, like practicing gratitude, huge method of mental training, right? Journaling, constant self-reflection, right? Um, all those things are, are methods that you can use to kind of develop some mental toughness quote unquote okay um any books or resources you guys have for uh like all these kind of catch-all phrases that we've been talking about like motivation and discipline and mental toughness and all that make your bed is really good for discipline have y'all heard that by the navy seal Mm -hmm. he He gave a commencement speech that was like that's what I've heard is his speech. I haven't mm-hmm. read his book. Yeah. Um, but just like the discipline of making your bed every morning, kind of the concept of how you do anything is how you do everything. Just Aww. starting your day off with something like that, making your bed a simple task, um, can kind of get the ball rolling for other areas of your life where you want to apply discipline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good book. That is good. Who are some people that you think about when you think about like high achievers and stuff like that who you think are like – very disciplined and motivated like who do you guys who comes to mind when you guys think about that michael, michael jordan Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to say at the same time <laughs> michael, jordan. michael jordan sorry you, sean you've been watching that right the yeah. documentary i've been watching it too what are some things you've taken away from that like for his mental toughness my biggest takeaway completely through everything i thought about michael jordan jordan out of the window because um, <laughs> um, I thought he was a cocky, like self-absorbed, which I'm sure he definitely has those qualities too. But the way that they talked about his main, he was so concerned about winning mm-hmm. and, and being a competitor that he was doing whatever he could to elevate his team. And it really, when it came down, I think there was a coaching switch where it came down 
too. Like, he wouldn't be able to have the ball as much or score as much or be the star player. Like, he didn't care. And he just really wanted to, you know, help Scotty Pippen become a better leader and help elevate the Dennis Rodman or the team in general. Um, that made him such a good leader and so mentally tough in everyone else's eyes because he gave his mental toughness away in a sense. And I thought that was so cool because you can only keep it to yourself for so long. But when you kind of like – kind of the concept of – I think you've shared this analogy before. But um, I remember it when I played basketball. Like we would be running suicides. And um, like the people that are cheering you on when you're dying – or no, no, being a person that cheers everyone else on when you notice everyone else is dying gives you more energy. Mm-hmm. Like you can be totally depleted. But the minute I start saying, guys, come on, we got it. Like let's go. Like we're all going to do it together. You start immediately getting recharged. And I saw that in Michael Jordan. Um, I think a lot of his greatness came from his ability to motivate and bring the best out of other people. Yeah. Yeah, MJ, the GOAT, baby. He's yeah. the GOAT. Um, no, I uh, I was really – I loved how one of the coaches from UNC was talking about Michael Jordan, and they said, he's the only guy I ever met who could turn it on and he could turn it off, and he never freaking turned it off. He was like, he's the only guy who had that switch, and it never, ever went off. And that's what I go back to back and forth with in terms of, like, giving myself grace and allowing myself to have a day where I'm off, right? I understand that I need to have that grace to be there, but I also need to come face-to-face with whether or not I'm just being easy on myself Mm -hmm. or if I have more to give and I can turn it on and keep it on, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Like, if you want to be great at something – you better be prepared to be unrelatable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You better be prepared to be unrelatable. People will not understand the actions that you take and the things that you do if you want to be great at something. They will not. And <clears throat> you have to, yeah, you just, you got to be prepared for that. Um, but I think about, I think about Nick Saban. Mm. I don't know why when I think about people He's who, the coach. yes, he is. And he I'm an Auburn fan. Auburn and and yeah, but he is like listening to some of his, speeches that he gives on on talking to his players about you know we can be average or we can be great or we can be the best and like what it takes to be all of those things and just he's he's constant you know like that's what i think about when i think about nick saban he's constant like he's just he's there he's ready to go he's ready to work every day and um i don't think he cares what people think of him no not at all which is great i mean yeah he has a standard and if you don't want it don't go play for him Mm -hmm. But if you want to win championships, exactly, you come and play for me. Exactly. Because I'll get you one before you're gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think um, this pandemic, I, I might have talked about this on the, I don't know, I've talked about this before, but um, this whole pandemic thing has really, like, just opened my eyes. And Ellie and I were talking about this. Like, everybody who says, like, oh, if I had more time to train, I could be a games athlete too. <laughs> <laughs> well, now is now's the time and if you're not working out every day then you don't I don't know yeah. you're just not not the same as those people yeah I yeah don't know. those are the people I'm thinking of currently like, yeah <laughs> yeah <It's> true. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've said that before <laughs> we've all said it we've all said it um all right well I would love to get some of those other questions which we can talk about Alex if y'all want or her question which I thought was a really good question. I think that's a great question. Um, yeah. I love it. Yeah, in terms of just like, have we ever had a fear of failure at something in the gym? And 
she mentioned it, I think she put in there, you know, like trying to go for a one rep max. And I think what she was getting at may have been like, if you have a mental block towards something, right? Like, you know, you have that snatch weight that you've been chasing for a long time. And it's like, as soon as you get to like this certain weight, that's when things kind of start to fall apart, right? Like that's the one where it's like, you know, if I hit this one and it feels good, right? Then, or if I can just make this lift, but every time I get there, there's just something that kind of stops me from breaking through, mm-hmm. right? I know I've had that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if y'all have or not, but I've definitely had moments like that. Yeah. Um, but what are some, yeah, share some of your experiences that you've had with that. Um, just to give an example, because I think, like you said, examples are great. Um, legless road climbs is something that I've always struggled with. And, um, it's really embarrassing to like make it two pulls up the road and like knowing everyone sees the legless road climbs on the board and then my feet are helping me get up, you know, (laughs) it's like embarrassing. And I have heard people say this and I've done it myself, but, um, there's people who like want to pull up or want a muscle up and I'm like, okay, like let's work on it then from a coaching perspective. And they're like, I want to do it when no one's in the gym and uh, maybe like, when I go to the bathroom or something, I'll like look through the window and see like at the old gym, I remember a specific instance, I'll see them attempt one. And it's like this just fear that we all have of someone else seeing us fail. Um, I relate to that so much um, that I'll wait to do my legless rope climb workout until I'm the only one here because I have a key, you know? And the more I sit and think about it, the quote that comes to mind the most when I think about this is the Teddy Roosevelt quote. about the man in the arena and mm. it's it's not the critic who counts or the man who points out how the strong man stumbles but the credit is to the one who's in the arena and who's doing the work and who errs and who fails and who messes up he's marred by blood sweat and tears yes that's the, <laughs> like, that's the quote <laughs> and it's so good. such a motivating quote if you read the whole thing um because i'm being totally honest when i say this i'm not just trying to sound awesome but when I look at someone who is like gritty and who's failing and just keeps going, um, not to just beat themselves into the dirt, but just not really be concerned with the way other people perceive them. Like to me, that is so motivating. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to see perfection. I can't relate to that, you know? Um, so for me, I've really just had to remember that quote really helps me just being like, if I fail then, and other people can't relate to that, then like we said, I'm probably still in my comfort zone mm-hmm. and I'm probably, if I don't have instances where I'm kind of looking bad in front of other people because I'm trying to push myself forward, then that's on me. And if I can't handle that, then, I mean, that's just something I need to come face to face with in my own life. Like being able to fail and not have that be a shot to my intrinsic self-confidence, I guess. So I think basically all that to say, I think there's a lot of like nobility in someone who's over there failing and not afraid to attempt a muscle up and fail it yep. in front of everyone. Um, and also it does afford you opportunities. Like if you're over there practicing something, like a coach can walk over if you're trying handstand pushups and you might be doing something wrong, that ex- failure experience might provide you an opportunity for a coach to come over and give you instruction that you may otherwise never have gotten if you're practicing alone in a dark basement yep. where no one can see what you might, what might be going wrong. So I think it also provides a lot of opportunities. Sorry, that was long. That's good. Um, yeah, I deal with that all the time, and like I know uh, Alex and I are very similar in the fact that we're both 
super independent. So to me, that means like, I want to be able to figure things out for myself. And so if I'm failing at something and I can't figure out why I get frustrated and I just like shut down and I'm just like done. Um, but the biggest thing I've learned is that it's okay to ask for help and it's okay if someone else knows something that you don't know because mm. yes. all it's going to mm-hmm. do is make you both better. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, just being open to feedback and growing and learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to touch on both of those points, like that quote by Teddy Roosevelt is all about like if you're not willing to be that man in the arena and being, being willing to risk it all for something, you will never know the joy of achievement. Mm-hmm. Like you will never, cause you will never put yourself into a position to achieve mm-hmm. because you're so afraid of failing. Yeah. And, um, that is deep. And they yeah. say the worst thing that can happen to the man who's trying is that they fail while daring greatly. Greatly. Yeah. That's right. The worst exactly. possible scenario yeah. if they don't find the triumph of high achievement. Yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah. And, um, for, for me, mine is a little more practical. I, <laughs> I'm so, no, no, no. I, uh, like, and I don't say this to sound arrogant. I don't normally have a problem with people seeing me fail. Um, when it comes to doing things in the gym, Rebecca sees me fail every single day. Um, oh yeah. All the time. Yeah, probably. No. <laughs> um, and, uh, but one thing that I've had to do when I come against a mental block, like with a weight or something like that, this is going to sound real woo-woo, okay, real kind of like voodoo-ish, but I will, I will take the time if it's something that I'm really struggling with, and I will visualize every single aspect of it until I have it down to exact science. As Like, if I need a snatch PR, like, I would do this before regionals, like when there was a snatch ladder one year, I was like, I know the weight that I need to hit. And it was over my max at the time. And I was like, I need to visualize how I'm going to walk up to that bar, how that bar is going to feel, how close it's going to be to my body, what I'm going to be like when I receive it, how I'm going to stand up from it. I would visualize down to just being able to imagine what the competition floor would smell like, like, and how the noise would be there, how I would be getting a countdown of three, like I would go relentlessly at that and it did it allowed me to pr in that snatch ladder at that time and i've come back to that like it's something that you just you have to you just have to prepare your mind for that like i I believe they've even done studies on people who have done no weight training at all and have taken them through visualization practices like they've done a test in with them and then no weight training at all but just gone through visualization practices of them lifting 10 pounds heavier and telling them that's what it was and they've gotten strength gains from it right it's a powerful tool, um, but it requires a lot of concentration and a lot of time to yeah. put into it. Um, so that's how, that's how I would look at it. Um, all right. We've gone over an hour. What so we are at hour 10 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. Colby was one one. Lego. <laughs> um, all right. So, guys, this was good. Uh, we'll try to get maybe to some other questions. Like I said, we got time now. So... Um, we'll try to do uh, some more podcasts coming up soon. If you guys have any questions, let us know. And be sure to thank Ellie and Rebecca for their time. Okay? All right. The opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us on. <laughs> Bye, fam. Bye.